Good morning, Friday, September 9th. Let's get the bad news out of the way. So uh, enter the uh, analogies, the idioms, whatever. We were beaten like a rented mule, a government mule, a redheaded stepchild on a rented government mule, back behind the barn in the back 40, you know, you know, just keep on going. We didn't make it, we didn't win anything. Got beaten, bad, fortunately. There is good news. We didn't bet too much either. We, didn't have, we had very few bets. So as opposed to the previous day, where we had a lot of bets and won almost all of them. This happens, so it's a dent. But let's talk about the first order business for today. And that would be college football. Actually, first order business, we have to get a better mule. All right, all right. Second order business, let's talk about college football. I would like to take Boise State on the road, minus 17 in New Mexico. That's a mismatch. It's also a bet that I lost last week by betting on Boise State. I am going to lay a little low on that one. I'm going to lay off that. I'm going to go to the next game, Louisville and UCF. I also bet on Louisville. I, college football has been pretty decent so far, but here's another loser. I bet on Louisville last week and lost. They got crushed by Syracuse 31-7. I'm, I'm betting against them, though, and it's not a, it's not a seesaw overreaction. Obviously, we, we saw what we saw yesterday. Louisville was crummy against Syracuse. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't stop much against a very weak offensive team. Well, as far as putting points in the board, they're weak. And uh, Louisville, they couldn't move the ball against Syracuse, which they should have been able to do better than they did anyway. Should have just been a low-scoring game. Anyway, UCF. Minus six. This line's bounced around between four and a half and seven, mostly in the five and a half to six and a half range. We're right in the median spot. So money's not really doing much for it, but I will tell you the sharp or smart money. I was, I'm trying, I had to do a previous uh, issue here where I was uh, combining the two words and making a new word somehow. But uh, about a third of the money is on Louisville. About two thirds, excuse me, third of the bets on Louisville. And about two-thirds on UCF, third of the bets. That's not as important as where the money is at, as opposed to the as in comparison and opposed to the bets. So the money is about 40 to 40, 41% on Louisville and 59% on UCF. So what does that tell us? 32% of the bets with 41% of the money. That means that the bet size is bigger on Louisville and smaller on UCF. What does that tell us? That tells us that allegedly, in theory, smarter or sharper money, because they typically bet bigger, not recreationally, is on the other side, the side I don't want. They're on Louisville. And I'll take that one step further. What does Vegas want here? Well, you know, the common misconception is they just want even money on both sides. And they'll take the, the VIG in the middle, the, the VIG. So that's true to a large degree. They want the VIG is where the, you know, it's like a credit card processing company, except it's a pretty expensive one. They're taking 10% on on average. So that's not how they always make money, though. Can you get 50% of money on air? How do you do that? You can't get 50%. They try to adjust the lines to minimize risk. That's what they do. But when push comes to shove, if they feel very, very confident, and this is for sure in smaller games, it's not a Super Bowl. You know, in the Super Bowl, they just soon get the thing evened out and take a huge cut off the enormous betting handle. In these early season college games, listen, they'd like to be on the right side, meaning for them, 
they want Louisville to win. If 40% of the money, when I say when I say Vegas, I mean all sports books, the, the general terminology of we used to say Vegas, but not you know it's overseas it's been for several decades. It's been um, now legalized in the states for a couple of years. So really sports books in general, but they want the side to win that they have the least risk on. So if 60% of the money is on UCF, they want Louisville to win because they're going to take. They're going to take a nice, they're going to take their VIG plus that 20% spread. Anyway, enough of that. We don't want to go into too much details on that. It's not the only way to, to handicap a game. It's actually a small part of it, but it's certainly something to not ignore. So in, in a nutshell, alleged smarter money is on Louisville. Vegas wants Louisville. Now, here's the thing that's funny about this. By the time this game goes off tonight, this could switch. So I'll tell you that my money is on UCF. Now, why is it on UCF? That's the thing that you may want to listen to. You may have tuned in to listen to, I should say. All right, so UCF, who did they beat? South Carolina State, 56 to 10. Yeah, throw that out, who cares? What did Louisville do? Well, they got demolished by a better team in Syracuse. Syracuse, Syracuse would have whooped South Carolina State as well. Would Louisville have beaten South Carolina State? Yeah, they would have, but I got to wonder if it had been an upset alert. Now, UCF was also beaten by Louisville last year in Louisville by one touchdown, and it was a barn burner. It was a high-scoring game. So we have to be very careful with what we see there. You never know what's going to happen from year to year. But anyway, so we have some potential weather coming into Orlando, which could eliminate some of the advantage that UCF has. Here I am telling you why to bet on the other side, right? So it could eliminate some of the advantage that uh, UCF has offensively. They've got a transfer from Old Miss and John Reese Plumley, who tossed a nice four touchdown day. So you got to like that. That was his debut. He's only going to get better. He's a good runner too. He actually led the SEC in running in 2019. This is not a team that Louisville is set to play because they are extremely volatile compared to what Syracuse can put on the field. Syracuse is a boring style game. UCF is going to try to put points on the board here, and they will. Now, how much can UCF stop Syracuse? Well, they have some weaknesses. Their front seven is a little on the weak side, but secondary, very strong. So you're going to have to run the ball against them. And I don't think that Louisville is going to have as much luck as they need to. Now, it's a running team. I don't think it's going to happen for them. Um, <clears throat> what else can I say about these teams? I'm going to try to keep this short. I don't want to get into too much of your time. Bottom line, you've got UCF at home in a revenge game from last year. You've got a better quarterback for sure who got a game under his belt. You've got the confidence of a 56 to 10 whooping. That's the only thing you can take from that. Is they, they, now, these are kids. They're still young kids. They have confidence now. You, you put 56 points in the board. I don't care who it's at. This is a football team that they, they played. It wasn't the Sisters of the Poor. Louisville expected to win is demoralized thing. How do we, how can we got one touchdown? One touchdown? We gave up 31. You know, they're favored. They're going in there cocky and then they get blown out. This is, this is Central Florida. It is all all day long and twice on 
well, Friday, I guess. I do lean the over in this game as well, but I don't consider that to be enough return on investment. Too much risk is what I should say there. This, with the weather issues, with the fact that Louisville could not score, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay off that. I'm just gonna need UCF. Now let's talk baseball. I'm gonna give you an upset play here first. I'm gonna go with Oakland over the Chicago White Sox. This is a battle of crap right now. It, it really is. So Lucas Giolito for the White Sox, giving up 19 runs in his last five starts. <laughs> just, just shy of four per start. And of course, he's not pitching an entire game. So just him giving up four runs. Meanwhile, Caprellian for Oakland has given up 17 runs. Now, of those last five starts for each respectively, the White Sox lost three out of five of the starts for Giolito. The A's lost four out of five of the starts for Caprellian. Giolito has not pitched against Oakland since 2020. Caprellian has pitched against White Sox this year. Just a little over a month ago, he pitched on the 29th of, September, of uh, July. Yeah, 29th of July. And he had a nice little game. Six innings pitch, four hits, one earned run, four strikeouts to one walk. And they beat the White Sox 7-3. So, he played against them last year as well and gave up one run in four innings. Now, White Sox on the road. White Sox unpredictable. They seem to lose games that they shouldn't and win games that they shouldn't. And they shouldn't lose this one. They just beat up on Oakland 14-2 yesterday. They did have Dylan Cease in the mound. It's the only guy that really you should back for a White Sox bet. Is Dylan Cease. Uh, they were given not as bad, they were minus 200 favorites, but they were facing J.P. Sears for Oakland, who had been pitching very well up to that point, and he got rocked, gave up a ton in two innings, got pulled. But this is Oakland, and it's plus 140, so you just take it and, and you run. Now moving on, next we go to Arizona, taking on Colorado at Coors Field. And we're going with the road team, the underdog, at plus 105 for Arizona. They are a better team, much better team, actually, than Colorado. Yes, Colorado's at home. They hit pretty well, but so will Arizona in Colorado. Zach Davies is a better pitcher than Herman Marquez. He's a better pitcher in general. He's a better pitcher recently. He's just a better pitcher. Arizona, again, is a team that's on the, on, on the hunt for a respectable 500 season. I do believe they'll get there, although I think after I mentioned that last time, they're one and two. They won't get there at that pace. But uh, yeah, so Herman Marquez has got a 6.09 ERA at home. 6.09 at home. He's 4.86 overall. Yeah, I, I want to fade him. I want to fade him all day. So I'll take the plus money on Arizona. And then we move on. So we'll finish this up with a slight favorite. We're going to go with Baltimore at home over Boston. They're minus 125. And again, nothing fancy about this. So that's that's four straight-up bets. One college football and three baseball. And the two baseball are dogs. This is old-school betting. I don't, I guess maybe I, f I feel like I, I'm still sore from the whipping. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Brian Bayo of uh, Boston is going to be a good pitcher. He's got good stuff. He got his first win in his last outing. He's 1-4. At a 591 ERA and a 181 whip. That's pretty bad. Austin Voth of Baltimore, 271 ERA, 117 whip. He's 4 and 2. 
Now, Boston's lost three in a row. That was all at Tampa Bay. They get a day off and they go into Boston into uh, Baltimore. Excuse me. That was after a five-game winning streak. This is a streaky team. They're not going to be above 500. They're close. They're close to one game closer than Arizona, who I think will be a 500 team. Meanwhile, Baltimore's actually playing for playoffs. They're probably not going to make it. There's too much power in front of them in, in the American League. But they're going to make a run for it. Well, that being said, they've lost four of their last five games. One to Oakland and three out of four to Toronto. Now, that's the team status, and it's a little unpredictable, obviously. there's It's hard to tell. But what you have to start paying more attention to who's got something to play for and who doesn't at this time of the year, who's bringing up rookies and who's not, etc. Now, Bayo has been pitching a little bit better of late. I will say his road, his road ERA is 8.31. 8.31. He's not doing so well on the road. He's more comfortable at home, although that's obviously a hitter's park in Fenway, so you never know. Uh, Voth actually is worse at home, too. He's 372, though. 3-0 and 372 versus 271 overall. Well, I can give you the, the six starts that Bayo has made. Four innings, four earned runs, four innings, five earned runs, four innings, five earned runs. Now he's getting better. Five innings, two earned runs, four innings, three earned runs, and here we go. Six innings, shutout, no earned runs, five strikeouts to one walk. That was against Texas. It was in in, uh, Boston. Texas, of course, is in disarray, so I wouldn't put a lot of stock on that. The other opponents, Minnesota, Toronto, Toronto again, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay again. So we faced Tampa Bay twice and then Toronto twice. That's interesting. It doesn't happen too often. And he didn't really improve a lot in those second outings. Both, by the way, uh, for him, his last ten five starts, five with two and runs, six innings, zero, five, five and two-thirds for two, six innings for one, three and a third for one. Pulled him out a little early there. Um, he's the way to go. He's the better pitcher, current form, and overall in three years from now. Probably not today. Yep. And it's in Baltimore. They've got more to play for. So that's the deal. So it's Baltimore. It is Oakland. It is Arizona. And it is the University of Central Florida. And I do wish you good luck.